to Treasures of Truth, a daily broadcast from Monday through Friday where we encourage you to come and study the Bible with us. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho. Your host is Pastor Rick DeMichael. And during this series, Pastor DeMichael is teaching a lesson entitled Mormon Doctrines in Light of the Bible. Come find out what the Bible has to say on this issue. And please be sure to stay tuned after the broadcast as we will have a special offer for a free book on this very subject. And now your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael. The next thing you need to understand is that according to Mormon doctrine, Jesus was not conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now this is going to be extremely offensive and blasphemous if you understand your Bible. But I'm going to read it to you anyways so that you know that I am not misrepresenting anybody here when I say what I'm about to say. This is from, first of all, from Doctrines of Salvation by Joseph Fielding Smith, uh, Volume 1, page 18. Under the firstborn, our Father in heaven is the Father of Jesus Christ, both in the Spirit and in the flesh. Our Savior is the firstborn in the Spirit, the only begotten in the flesh, Christ not begotten of the Holy Ghost. He did not teach them that He was the Son of the Holy Ghost, but the Son of the Father. He was not born without the aid of man, and that man was God. Now, do you get the implications? All right, well, you won't have to get the implications on this one. This is from the Seer by Orson Pratt, page 158. Again, I have the area marked. I looked at it, at it this morning, and I'm going to read it to you in its entirety. He says, The fleshly body of Jesus required a mother as well as a father. Therefore, the father... And mother of Jesus, according to the flesh, must have been associated together in the capacity of husband and wife. Hence the Virgin Mary must have been, for the time being, the lawful wife of God the Father. We use the term lawful wife because it would be blasphemous in the highest degree to say that he overshadowed her or begat the Savior unlawfully. It would have been unlawful for any man to have interfered with Mary, who was already espoused to Joseph. For such heinous crime would have subjected both the guilty parties to death according to the law of Moses. But God, having created all men and women, had the most perfect right to overshadow the Virgin Mary in the capacity of a husband and beget a son, although she was a spouse to another. For the law he gave to govern men and women was not intended to govern himself or to prescribe rules for his own conduct. It was also unlawful in him, after having thus dealt with Mary, to give her to Joseph for time only, or for time and eternity. We are not informed. Inasmuch as God was the first husband to her, it may be that he only gave her to be the wife of Joseph while in this mortal state, and that he intended after the resurrection to again take her as one of his own wives to raise up immortal spirits in eternity." The seer, page 158. Now, did you get the implications of, of that? Here we see that, according to Mormon teaching, God the Father came down and cohabitated with one of his own spirit children, that would be Mary. This is incestuous. And that God the Father was already married in heaven, probably to many wives, and he has relations with someone, Mary, who is already betrothed to someone else, Joseph. This is adulterous. And let's look at the Bible to set the matter perfectly straight. Look at Luke chapter 1. Now, the purpose of bringing this out is very simple. We've got to witness to our Mormon friends. 
neighbors, relatives, co-workers. Because the Jesus they have embraced is not the Jesus of Scripture. All right, take a look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and look at verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? And of course, the angel has explained to her that she's expecting Jesus. She was surprised, didn't even know. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Is that clear? All right. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Mary was the virgin that gave birth to Christ. Christ was virgin born. And there was no cohabitation between God the Father and Mary. Uh, basically what Orson Pratt is trying to do is reconcile all these Mormon teachings and try to make sense out of them. And what I just read you was the best that he could do. And at best, it's highly offensive and extremely blasphemous against God the Father, God the Son, Joseph, Mary, and on and on we could go. The next thing you need to understand is that according to Mormon teaching, Jesus was married while on earth. And this comes from the Journal of Discourses. This is Orson Hyde in volume 4, page 259. And I quote, It will be borne in mind that at once on a time there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And on a careful reading of that transaction, it will be discovered that no less a person than Jesus Christ was married on that occasion. Now, I have read this portion of Scripture very carefully, and I can't come to that conclusion. So apparently I haven't read it carefully enough. But we'll look at it again this morning. He says, Upon a careful reading of that transaction, it will be discovered that no less a person than Jesus Christ was married on that occasion. If he was never married, his intimacy with Mary and Martha and the other Mary, also whom Jesus loved, must have been highly unbecoming and improper to say the best of it. Now, do you detect the implication of polygamy here? Not just that he was married, but that he had more than one wife. Now, folks, that's some pretty creative reading between the lines. And uh, that is not stated for us or even implied for us in Scripture. But let's take a look at the portion of Scripture that he is saying we ought to carefully read to come to this conclusion. It's John chapter 2. And again, I'm not meaning to be sarcastic, but I have read this as many times as I could to try to get that out of it. And you can't. You can't. I mean, it's just not there. What's happening here is something is being read into the text. All right, John chapter 2, verse 1. And on the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was what? Called. Uh, if he was the groom, would he need to be called? The implication there was he was invited. Just because you're at a wedding doesn't mean that you're part of the wedding party. And uh, Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Well, if that called means he was the groom, then his disciples were grooms too. Okay, so again, a careful reading isn't going to 
yield anything more than orthodoxy has yielded over the years. Jesus was at a wedding feast. That's all there is to it. Uh, notice also that supposedly after he got married here, after the miracle of the changing of the water into wine, which incidentally in John 2 is his first public uh, miracle, there is no mention made of his new wife going down with him to Capernaum or even staying behind. Look at verses 11 and 12. Look at verses 11 and 12 in this same John 2. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. No mention of any wife. As a matter of fact, no mention of any wife whatsoever anywhere in the Bible. Other than later on, the bride of Christ, which is the collective body of Christ, which is the church. But nothing in the four Gospels during his earthly ministry. Now you say, preacher, does, does every Mormon I meet understand and believe all this? Probably not. You ever notice that some people know a lot about their own religion and some don't? I'm sure that's true of independent Baptists too, amen? All right. So it's possible that you may meet a Mormon that doesn't believe all of this. But if they're well taught and they understand what their church teaches, this is the Jesus of Mormonism. And folks, what you have to do, well, let me put it to you this way, the best way to show that a stick is crooked is to do what? Lay a straight one next to it. And you need to give them what the Bible says about the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only in his person, but in his work. A finished sacrifice for our sins. God manifest in the flesh. Uh, the Jesus of Mormonism is what Paul calls another Jesus. The true Jesus of the Bible is God manifest in the flesh, born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, suffered vicariously for us on the cross. His blood paid for our sins. He was buried and rose again the third day, and he is sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. And if you will believe on him as your personal Savior, he'll give you eternal life. That's the Jesus of the Word of God. We would like to thank you for listening to Treasures of Truth. And we would also like to offer a free book about the content you just heard on Mormon doctrines in light of the Bible. To receive this free book, please contact the office at Treasure Valley Baptist Church. You can give them a call at 208-888-4545. That's 208-4545. The offices are open Tuesday through Friday. To hear more great messages by Pastor DeMichael, please feel free to visit our website at tvbc.org. That's tvbc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho, and we would love for you to come join us in our services. Our Sunday school begins at 9.30 with the morning service at 10.45. We also have a Sunday evening service at 5.45. We also have great kids programs on Wednesday nights. At 7 o'clock, we've got the Master's Club, which runs during the school year. And at the same time, we have a Bible study for the adults in the main auditorium. With specialized classes and programs for all ages, as well as wonderful nurseries for the youngsters, Treasure Valley Baptist Church has a place for everyone. 
And don't forget about our vibrant programs for the teens and our college and career group. We hope to see you soon.